Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. You have to always do the clap now. It's forever. a thing. It's a thing. I've the had clap. people talk to me about the clap. Really? What'd yeah. they say? They said it always, you know, you always get that. So it, it makes you me happy. You always get the clap. No. No. You're <laughs> clapping for me. Okay. You know what I mean. It's. It makes me feel better about myself. Oh, so, if we didn't clap, would you be sad? I think so. I think a little sad. Right, would, we'll we'll test it know. out next time. Next. Oh no, I have to. I will clap for myself then. Okay. <laughs> that's that's. Poor I've learned Brad. to adapt you, in this this culture. Yes. Yeah, only the strongest survive. That's right. Survival of the fittest. That's right. I have two hands, so I can clap. Good job. Thank you. You learn. I do learn. I do learn. How's your day you today, You can't Lauren? teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, it's wow. good. It's a little rainy. Like, it's what? It's December. Mm-hmm. Middle December. You had to check your phone for it, that? I did. For December? <laughs> I feel like it's still early December. No, it's almost Christmas. Christmas is right yeah, around the corner. The I keep forgetting. Yeah. Um, but it's legitimately going to be like 70 degrees out today. And we're in St. Louis, so everybody yeah. knows. And some days it's cold, some days it's hot. So it's completely normal to jump around. But 70 today is pretty amazing. I know. I might just like call it a day after the podcast. Oh, and wow. Go work from home. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. <laughs> this is being recorded, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, boss. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to work. Yes. So today we're actually here with Laura O'Brien. She is a co-owner of My Virtual Lawyer. Um, I'm already intrigued. Me too. Obviously, My, my virtual, virtual. Exactly, exactly. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. I'm going to clap for you. I appreciate snap. the clap. You yes. Snap? No, I'm, I want a full-fledged clap. I really like this guest. <laughs> I'm, I'm so intrigued to hear about her article. I know. My virtual it, lawyer. My virtual lawyer. I yeah. love it. I love it that it's my. It's not yours. It's oh. my virtual. Brad, speaking of articles, yes. um, Laura is here today not only because we have this awesome concept of my virtual lawyer, which she will talk about, uh, but she also wrote an article that was published within the ABA's Law Practice magazine. Very good. I'm curious to hear about uh, how you came up with my virtual lawyer. Well, I can't take credit for that, to be honest. Oh, um, no. I do, I do have a business partner. Is the wrong guest? No. And <laughs> <laughs> My business partner actually started, um, we started as a law firm in 2015 and she was, I didn't even know her back then. Uh, I didn't live in Arkansas. I live in Arkansas now, but uh, I did not live in Arkansas. didn't know her. And she started off as Arkansas virtual lawyer Mm -hmm. and decided that she wanted to rebrand the year that I met her and, uh, and switched to my virtual dot lawyer because she wanted to have a more global reach. Mm-hmm. And since then we've, you know, we've added attorneys in a membership program that we have in various other states. And so it really, the idea that it's my virtual lawyer, it's something that a client can say mm-hmm. and recognize that it's their lawyer as opposed to you yeah, know, your your lawyer right. or your virtual lawyer. I love or something it. Like that, as as so. a marketer, I love that the branding. It's very personable, um, and, and it kind of you know, law isn't a fun thing when you're looking for a lawyer. It's probably not for a good reason. So, um, I I think a lot of people don't think like you're thinking and your partner is thinking, but just kind of rebranding and switching your name up and making it more personable is actually a. a 
it goes a long way. Yeah, I think you know, it's people more don't realize approachable. That. Oh, yeah, 100%. Instead of this really long name. Yeah, my uh, and then virtual. It's accessible. Yeah. It's approachable. Right. Yeah. Good job. Good job to your partner. Yeah, and it's just a little <laughs> name. It's one little thing. But um, anyway, Laura, continue. I'm sorry. The whole point of the experience for a client and for the attorneys that have joined us is really to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. You, I think you said that word, Brad, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe Lauren did. I, and I said it. It, I, it was <laughs> Brad likes to take credit, but it was me. <laughs> I'm I'm a hardcore feminist, so I'm gonna go with Lauren. I'm gonna go with Lauren said it. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Brad. But, Women yeah. always win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's it's really honestly the law, I think I think we've we we have and we are continuing to market ourselves out of the practice of law in a lot of ways because so many states are adding non-lawyer mm. abilities for people mm-hmm. to actually, you know, help and assist with document preparation and things like that. That's that's becoming a new kind of scary trend for a lot of lawyers. <laughs> and so we try very hard to not be stuffy lawyers in your traditional kind of idea of lawyers and if people go on our website to try to see more about us, it's us, you know, my partner playing with her kids and me playing <laughs> tennis. And it's, you know, it's trying to be a person yeah. so that when someone hires us or any of our attorneys, they think that they're talking to a real human as opposed to just somebody who's like going to pat you on the head yeah. and go, oh, I'll, I'll just take care of it for you. We try to empower our clients um, because the way that we practice law here in Arkansas is, is pro se assistance. Oh, okay. And so our clients are very intricately involved in the process, the administrative mm-hmm. process of, of what they do. So um, it just, it, you know, yeah, we got to roll with the times. So. You know, and I, I like, even for a brick and mortar, your traditional law firm, the idea, the approach that you guys take with your website, I think is fabulous. Cause you know, like I said before, law is, is it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people coming to attorneys, maybe be going through, maybe are going through something a little bit tough and just to go to their website, which we know it's 2000 and almost 22. That's what everybody does. They go to the website, um, to see that the person you're going to be working with is family or oriented. They have hobbies. They're a real person. It's pretty cool. And it is, it's comforting. It is. I think, you know, a lot of places, uh, that are more adapting to this type of methodology are appealing to younger generations too. Yeah. I think, uh, it's, you know, the more that you open yourself up in that way, I think it really, you can relate to a much broader audience. Yeah. So Laura, question for you to, to backtrack a little bit, give us a, a little information about yourself. How did you get here? Um, what is kind of your, your history like? Because obviously we've been talking, you're my virtual lawyer is pretty cool, pretty unique. You obviously have been published in a really well-known publication. So how did you get to this point? I've had one of those kinds of career paths that a lot of people have, which is all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not that um attorney who from the day I was born wanted to be a lawyer and went straight through, you know, straight through school and have done Mm -hmm. nothing but practice law for the last, I mean, I've been barred for, oh my gosh, what year is it? I've been barred for (laughs) almost, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I graduated and passed the bar in 2002 and I didn't like 20 years ago, but no, it it doesn't. I know, right? (laughs) The the fact that we can still be in the 2000s and be 20 years ago, that's insane. 
but for me, I just have always kind of chased being happy and I don't like doing things in a traditional way. I never really have. That's awesome. I follow rules sometimes, but because <laughs> I don't like to get in trouble, yeah. but I, I don't like to sit in the, you know, in a cubicle. I've, I've done certain things like that, that I just realized I don't like. And, you know, I think everybody needs to have an exploration of what makes them happy and also makes them money. And for me, that, <laughs> that was, I practiced law. I, uh, I think I put in the article, if anybody goes out and reads the article after they listen to this podcast, um, that my first job out of law school was actually working in a haunted house. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my God. I know it I read that lo- and I was like, okay, that is 100% the entire episode. Tell me <laughs> everything. <laughs> it was a law firm <laughs> in a haunted house, not like Halloween time, like an actual haunted house. Oh my God. Oh, and then, can we like, yeah. not to interrupt you, but before no, today okay. ends, like keep going, but you're going to have to tell us a real story of something that happened there. I will. Cause okay. it, there were some things, uh, but I, you know, then I started practicing law because that's what you're supposed to do. I honestly, <laughs> almost, I almost never took the bar exam because I never really wanted to be a practicing lawyer. It was mm. more, I was very young when I graduated from school. So you know, 17 graduated from high school. So of course you go to college. And then in college, I had a double major of history. I was an overachiever, let's say. I had a double major in history and Spanish, but what do you do with that? Because I didn't want to be a teacher. So I went to law school. I took the LSAT, had a good score, got into law school, went to law school because, you know, at 21, what do you do with your life? I didn't know what to do with my life. So I got talked into taking the bar exam and I decided I was going to take it once. And, um, just so happened to pass. <laughs> and then I had, I kind of fell into practicing. I had a friend who uh, I had worked clerked with at uh, one of my summer jobs in school who they were hiring at his firm. He wanted me to come interview, like that kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been really lucky in my life with falling into things. And then I worked for Thomson Reuters for 12 years. Uh, oh, wow. Practicing law was not ever really my fun thing. I don't like litigation. I don't like courtrooms. Um, th- I think the rules are a little stupid in a lot of ways. I think, <laughs> I think that we created all these rules yeah. and language in order to make us necessary, <laughs> I feel like. And so it's, you know, it looks daunting. It is daunting. And so therefore we need to get hired and paid in order to help mm-hmm. someone navigate the system. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did that. I have always volunteered with uh, different kinds of social organizations with domestic violence and ESL tutoring and that kind of thing. And so when I, I ended up, um, I quit my job with Thompson Motors without any plan whatsoever, just oh, wow. stress and working for a big corporation uh, can sometimes be yeah. an issue. Yeah. And <laughs> lots of I, red tape. Lots of red tape. Yes. It's, you know, you have the same report for nine different people. (laughs) (laughs) But they all wanted a little bit of a different way. So, exactly. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, just on a personal note, when I quit my job, I thought I was going to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I got sidelined. I got sick and I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And so that's why I moved back to Arkansas to have Mm. kind of a home base Mm -hmm. for doctors and, you know, emotional support and things like that. And, Still wanted to help people. So I started my domestic violence law firm that was just a very low bono. Um, I, you know, only got my clients from shelters, local shelters, and was doing like $200 cash here and there, you know, that kind of thing. 
And just burned on that out on that again, real quick, just because yeah. again, the court system and the litigators and the, you know, it was just too much opposing counsel. So I met my partner. This is a lot of words, um, but I, <laughs> that's I met, okay. No, it's a good story. I met, I met my partner in 2017 and I really believed in what she had created, which is a limited scope virtual practice where the emphasis is on the attorney's well being, but also helping clients with a more affordable option and a more convenient option so they don't have to, you know, drive to somebody's downtown office and pay to park and, you know, figure out. I know people will laugh, but Little Rock traffic it, to me is not bad because I've lived <laughs> in Chicago and DC and all that stuff. But to somebody who's coming from a small town or a suburb, mm-hmm. it can be really daunting to try to drive. I mean, I'm sure St. Louis yeah. attorneys experience Any the downtown thing. area can... You Absolutely. Know. And so it's just nice to, I met her, we clicked right away. She asked me to join her as a partner and I've been with her since 2017. And it's, it's just a way that I can help people. I get paid and I have my emotional and mental health um, that is also taken care of because I'm, I choose not to do the things that used to drive me crazy. I still do divorces. I just do pro se assistance divorces so the client is the one that does all the administrative work. I never have to deal with opposing counsels, all that mm, kind of stuff. So that's awesome. I, that's maybe more information than you really wanted. No, but no, that, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think even stuff like that, if, if you take a step back, there's people that are listening to this episode who, who resonate with you, who are where you were. You know what I mean? So um, you may not think it's helpful, but it is. It's advice for somebody out there. Like there's yeah. there's options, you know? And too, I think it's so, really many, cool. <clears throat> so many of our guests that we've had are always trying to achieve pieces of what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and they're very much in the old school, the way that you described it previously, and they're stuck there. And they're very much looking for ways to make inroads into where you're at currently. And so I think anything that you give them along these lines is, yeah. is just great advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a common theme. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it's a thing in this industry. There's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of long hours, and so um, there's different ways to solve that. Maybe it's a, a virtual firm. Maybe it's the culture you set up. So yeah, mm-hmm. focusing really, on the attorney's well-being. Exactly. There's many different things that are so important that is missed. Exactly. Um, so Laura, before we we talk about your article, tell us a, a scary story. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I have to get us ready. Sound effects. <clears throat> no. Welcome to the paranormal aspects of the Lex Factor. Oh, what if we just do a podcast like paranormal law firms? Like it's only Ooh. about, yeah, no, I don't know. We have one guest. It's Laura. I, I bet you, honestly, I, I bet you would have a lot more than you think because a lot of small, you know, solo oh, yeah. and attorney firms, they're in old houses. That's a good point. We That's actually, true. so we're, we could do a spinoff. Yeah. We're that. close to the uh, suburb of St. It's uh, St. Charles. It's mm-hmm. a suburb of St. Louis and they're probably what, five minutes away. And we actually went there uh, a couple weeks ago and dropped off some swag with local attorneys and literally all of them were in old houses, houses. with like crooked front steps and porches and everything. Oh so my you're goodness. Right. Yes. Many um, haunted stories. All right. Yes. Hit us all right, with tell the haunted us a good story. One. So this particular house, again, I, I kind of said it was in a bad neighborhood, or I'm, maybe I didn't say that to you guys, but I said it in the article. Yeah, it was a bad, article. it was a bad neighborhood, and so already you're kind of you know on edge to stay there after dark, especially <laughs> after the time change. But it's um, it was a two story house, and it had been used as a boarding house or Airbnb you know, or like oh, bed and breakfast or something sure. like that at one point. 
And there had always been stories about a woman and a young boy. People would see apparitions, especially the guests at the bed and breakfast, at like a little boy who would roll his ball up and down oh the, the hallway upstairs and That's things like that. That's always creepy. The things that I experienced were mostly mild, um, like paper shredders just going off randomly and, and, you know, lights and weird noises here and there. But one time I was there by myself and it was lunchtime. So it was at least bright outside. Yeah, thankfully. And I, I sat in this back room because I was just a contract attorney. It was my first job out of school. And I sat in the back with my back, unfortunately, to the entire room. So oh. I'm facing the window. My back is to the entire room. There was a little kind of alcove on the right-hand side that led to stairs up to the attic. And the attic was where a lot of activity Mm. had been seen and pictures had been found and things like that. And all of a sudden, let's say it's, you know, 1230 and everybody's gone. I'm the only one in the entire house. All of a sudden, someone is running down the stairs. Oh, my God. I mean, like stomping, Mm -hmm. running and hit the door. Oh. And yeah. And I flipped out. I mean, my heart just completely dropped. I ran. I grabbed my purse and I ran outside. Oh my and God. I didn't, did I didn't you go scream? back. I did not scream. I'm not a big screamer. Oh my um, God. I would have screamed. I would have got <laughs> the hell out of there. <laughs> I just got the hell out of there. It really, I drove around until uh, I saw one of the other, one of the attorney's cars was in the lot <laughs> in the back again. So I went inside and I made him go open the attic door with me because I thought, well, maybe something just rolled Felt, down the stairs. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was nope. there. Nothing oh, was there. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so that was the scariest thing that happened to me personally, just, you know, having oh somebody, goodness. what sounded like to me, running down the stairs and possibly coming at me. <laughs> so, oh, my it was, God. That is creepy. Yeah. It was I'm like done. 10 feet away. I'm, that, I'm quitting at that point. That, this part of the story about the ball that made me really because you know movies yeah, have a lot have of balls. that that little red ball that yeah. rolls into your bedroom or rolls down the stairs and exactly. I don't know why but that is a trigger for me that scares me. <laughs> You're to afraid death. of balls. I'm afraid of that. Oh my god! I'm little... gonna bring balls to work and I'm literally gonna hide outside his office and just roll balls in and see what he does. <laughs> I can't wait. Wow. That would be hilarious. I know. Um, That was amazing. I could actually go for more stories, but we should probably get back to to the article. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, So the name of the article that you wrote, again, it was covered in the ABA. Virtual practice, lower overhead and other benefits could become the new normal. Um, So let's talk about it. Uh, Give give us kind of an overview of this article and, and what made you want to write it? It honestly, it's, it's been frustrating for me um, pretty much my whole career how people just like to do things the way they've always been done. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to do it that way because that's the way I did yeah. it. Well, yeah, but you're 40 years older than me. And so, it hasn't, <laughs> you know, haven't times changed a little bit? And, um, so it's it's been nice. The pandemic, I'm not, that just sounded terrible. I know. But we say... we. We do say from time to time, like there are benefits that come out of it. It's there it are benefits weird to say for it though. this industry um, that have come out of it. I have another article actually coming out for the tech show uh, edition of the the same mm-hmm. magazine, and talking about kind of the things that have already gone back to the way they used to be. And it's very it's been very frustrating to me that people won't embrace change. And by people, I really mean attorneys mm-hmm. and. So it was really, the article was really kind of designed to say, look, you know, virtual is not just a fad. It's not here just because of the pandemic and and it was not safe to be in person around 
you know, your clients or your coworkers or whatever it might be. It really is a cheaper way for lawyers to deliver their services. And so if lawyers are saving money on overhead, then they can have a better life. That's just kind of my opinion. If you're not spending the amount of money on, I mean, it's really the brick and mortar space. If you're not spending rent money and utilities and all the insurance that has to go along with having that brick and mortar space, it's, you know, it's a viable option for people. And so it's really, the article to me is just highlighting kind of the differences between the two, having virtual space versus a brick and mortar space and what the benefits are of that and that they can be long-term. Yeah. And and one, we all know, regardless of the industry, it's just the world is moving in that direction. You know what I mean? People people are expecting a more hybrid work experience or expecting more flexible cultures, thing like that, things like that. Um, and we all know the legal industry is probably one of the, the slower ones to adopt to that. Um, but if you break it down, it's really interesting. You know, you talked about, you know, your rent, your lease, you know, Coupled with that, utilities, you're probably mm-hmm. saving maybe $5,000 a month. Well, and, and then I love when you brought up the uh, the plant water. What were yeah. you going to say, Brad? Well, I'm sorry. Uh, well, not to mention, yeah, we just said that some of them live in older homes. So it's going to yeah. cost more to heat. It's going to cost yeah. more for repairs. Upkeep. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, the smaller, not to mention the larger law firms that have huge spaces. Yeah. So. The exorcisms. <laughs> yeah. That, those? Gotta, those cost money. I don't know if you have to pay the priest for that, but I assume At least the a donation. That, yeah. <laughs> Fixing the damage yeah, from the possession. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, no, but if, if you know, you don't think about it, then once you actually start thinking about it, all the equipment, um, you know, everything, office mm-hmm. supplies that everybody needs and, and how many times, you know, office supplies don't sound that expensive, but when you have they people just like willy-nilly ordering them when they need them, that stuff adds up. You know, furniture, Mm-hmm. You know, carpeting, artwork. pictures on the, exactly, artwork. Um, once you actually, like, if you were to sit down at your desk right now and just look at everything around you, all of that is paid for. Mm-hmm. Imagine you going to work out of your house or, you know, maybe it's a shared office space and you cut down on all that stuff immediately on day one. You know, it's not feasible for every type of law firm or every type of practice to not have that brick and mortar space but even those who kind of need it in some way could have a you know a, a lesser space. Yeah. And if you're not an equity partner or an ownership stake in your law firm, you might not even think about the fact that all of that money that's being spent on overhead means that the attorneys get paid less. But that's really what it means. It's you know you have to get the clients in in order to pay your overhead, and salaries happen to be one of those yeah. things. But sometimes those, especially for business owners. Sometimes you don't pay yourself because you have all the bills. And wouldn't it be great if you as a solo practitioner could start off with, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month in software fees and, you know, some marketing money here and there and uh, practice the same way as somebody who has that $5,000 a month. Exactly. And people are, even after the pandemic, you know, your clients are looking at this differently too. It's not just about you. Um, if I don't have to go in 
person and talk to somebody nowadays, great. Like I'm used to sitting at home in my sweatpants <laughs> for multiple days on end. Like if I have an important meeting with my lawyer and I can do it from home and still not put on real pants, I would love that. <laughs> so that space may not be necessary, you know. And we have a couple here in downtown St. Louis. There's like some shared, you know, co-working spaces where you rent out office space and it may not even be permanent. It's not like Laura has this space every day, Monday through Friday from eight to five. Maybe she has it Monday and Tuesday, then someone else uses mm-hmm. it Wednesday and Thursday. So those are options too. It still allows you to have somewhat of an office space and maybe a more presentable public space to meet up with clients when necessary, but you still cut that overhead drastically. Right. I want to kind of flip the flip the script. Ooh. You know, we were talking about, you know, the benefits to, you know, uh, rent, brick and mortar, all of those things. And then also you mentioned from clientele perspective, staying in your uh, PJs there. So you could do that. <laughs> but uh, I think you had also mentioned that it, it helps with the well-being, mental well-being for uh, lawyers as well. Can you talk a little bit about how do you think virtual helps the attorney as well, not from a cost, but just from a mental perspective? Do you think there are benefits there as well? Absolutely. It's, to me, one of the biggest things that people stress about, and I'm a divorce lawyer, so one of the biggest things that people get divorced about (laughs) is money. And so when you're thinking constantly and stressing about, you know, how much you have to spend every month Mm, in order mm -hmm. to maintain your business and what can I pay myself and whatever it might be, the financial side of things can can take away some of that stress and therefore just automatically make you a happier person. I, or at least I hope so. <laughs> the other side of, you know, not necessarily taking the finances into the stress idea um, and having that lower to make your mental health a little bit better. It's, it's honestly just nice to, some people thrive in situations where they're surrounded by people. So if you're an extrovert, this may not be the best environment for you to be at home all day and, yeah. you know, all that fun stuff. But it really is, it does give you the chance to, relax. And if I don't like, I don't, for example, I don't sleep well at night. And so I don't set any appointments. My calendar is set to where no one can schedule an appointment with me, a potential client until 10 AM. And I'm not forced to go into an office Mm -hmm. or feel like I'm forced to go into an office fully clothed and showered and all that kind of stuff by 8.30 or 9 AM. And I can just take those calls from my kind of like you mentioned, Lauren. (laughs) I can take all of my calls from my couch and my sweatpants, you know, not even brushing my teeth yet, whatever it might be. <laughs> it's just, it's just whatever works for you. And I can go to the grocery store in the middle of a Wednesday, as opposed to having yep. to do it Sunday and, you know, Saturday and Sunday when everybody else is out at the grocery store, just exactly. small things like that. Get your that. laundry done on your lunch break, as opposed mm-hmm. to spending your evenings when you're off work doing it. Exactly. And some people like to maintain, I do, I work with virtual attorneys in other states as part of our member program with my virtual dot lawyer, but it's, uh, you know, some people like to have a set number of hours that they're in their office at home or whatever it might be. I've never been that way. I've been a home-based employee or a home-based business owner pretty much my entire career. I've only worked in an office. I mean, I've been, you know, in the real world working for almost 20 years now. And I think I've only ever had a real office or a real or a cubicle for less than three years of that. Uh, That's just part of the way that I've, you know, Mm -hmm. managed my career, I guess. But it's, for me, it's, I like to work on the couch, 
my dog with my dog sitting next to me. I can take him for two walks a day without there being an issue with, you know, I can just work around whatever client schedule call I have or whatever it might be. And I am in control of my own time. I'm not having to report to someone else or feel like I'm responsible for, uh, you know, being available all the time Mm -hmm. for, you know, clients to call, whatever it might be. It's just, I'm in more control. Therefore, I feel less out of control. Therefore, I drink less. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I knew that would come to that. I I knew that would come to that. (laughs) Okay, we all drink when we get home. (laughs) <laughs> it's a real problem in in the legal industry. I mean, we have the highest, I think, substance abuse rate of any professional profession. Yeah. And or higher, you know, higher education profession. And it's, you know, it's really, I mean, it's a truly difficult thing. I um I heavily utilized our JLAP resources here when I first was going through my issues with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't, nobody could tell me it was wrong. It yeah. was, I mean, it was like a six month pro- process to be oh, diagnosed wow. with something. It was, yeah, 2015 tough. was a fun year. Um, but I heavily utilized the JLAP program in Arkansas, the Judges Lawyers Assistance Program for therapy and things like that. And uh, I mean, I learned so many tools and things that I had been doing to harm myself for so long. Mm. And so when I started practicing again, I fell right back into those bad habits of, but I have to be available, but I have to respond really quickly yeah, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And it wasn't until I worked, I found this you know virtual environment that my partner had created that, and we've grown it, um, and changed a lot of the ways that we practice law. It's, this is a, I feel completely in control of my destiny here yeah. and my, and my work day. And so it really has lessened a lot of that angst, yeah. um, which is nice. So it's helped your, your health all around, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, everything. Absolutely. Huh. I got a dog. I Amazing. lost 30 pounds oh, walking yeah. you know, every day. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's hard. I would never, I'm not a dog or a child person. I don't have kids either. And I've, I've never wanted the responsibility of a living thing, <laughs> but, uh, I will say, I mean, it's, I'm home all day. Yeah. So it's nice. I, I got, we do love the dogs lucky. here. We get yes. it. What kind of uh, puppy do you have? He's a Shih Tzu. He's a, he's a rescue. Um, pre-raised Shih Tzu I got from a shelter. Wow. Uh, I love uh, I know. Saved yeah, you I a had, lot of money. I had yes. one of those as Did well. You? Yeah. His name was Zeus. Oh, it's adorable. I know. I loved him to death. Um, Chloe, our German shepherd, she was a rescue too, and she's full blown. And so she was a couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. as opposed to like over a thousand, which was crazy. We got to rescue and save a lot of money. And today is Chloe Monster's birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Chloe. Yes. yes. Uh, not to derail us, but yes. when I had my Shih Tzu, it, it, he had this thing that ha- I called it backward sneezes. Where, oh, yeah. Well, you got to like yeah, do their throat. And to, really hold yeah. them and calm them down and, pe- and then they'll be okay. Does yours do that? No, he doesn't. No. Okay. Hattie, our little one, our rat terrier, does it. It's it is. It's a reverse sneeze, and you kind of got to like massage their yeah. throat. And well, it's not dangerous, but it helps them stop. It's, right. Yeah, but I hate listening mm. to it. I know. It, 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 I want you just want to cuddle and make know, sure they're okay. I know. Yeah. Small dogs have breathing problems. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of researching whether or not I could take him on a plane. He's not oh. a very good traveler. He doesn't like being in the car for more than thirty minutes. Um, oh. And I was hoping. I, I tend to travel quite a bit pre-pandemic and hopefully soon okay. again. Yeah. 
Um, I do like to travel quite a bit and I was thinking it'd be nice to take him to friends' houses that live in Colorado or South Carolina, but he just, he's not a good traveler. But I did learn that small dogs are, some of them are even banned on uh, different flights. Yeah. Different airlines. Because of the breathing issues, yeah. Wow, we oh. have covered the gamut of topics today. I know. Paranormal, <laughs> pets. Uh, I mean, it really doesn't get yeah, much better. I know. I feel like we did like a complete episode about life. Can we talk food? Is there like, can we talk <laughs> about food? I don't know. I feel like that's we the only topic we didn't already. cover. I know, travel. Uh, what do you, what'd you make for dinner last night, Laura? <laughs> I made a butter lemon Ooh. shallot uh, Ooh. fettuccine pasta. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. God. See, this is, wow. I knew we should have asked. That sounds amazing. The recipe will be posted know, on exactly. our site. Please send us. <laughs> The recipe. We should will, do that. Yeah. It's not the best thing that I've ever cooked, but it was it was an experiment. We don't know that. Just fine. play it up. Live. Yeah. It was the best thing in the world. First time making it, so nailed when it. When she used to own her, her own Michelin restaurant. star restaurant, yeah. it was her favorite when recipe. When she was a chef yeah. Yeah. at 18 because... Yeah. <laughs> no, she was 16, Brad. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez, I always get that mixed up. We should totally do that, though. Start posting with our, our podcast episodes something from the guests, like their favorite recipe yeah. or something. Well, I don't in know. the last episode, we did your uh, your. Treat, oh, yeah, my your bark, your which holiday is treat. some more out there in the yes, kitchen. So Anyway. Very good. Well, what a great show. <laughs> I love it. I feel like, like there's still, I don't know, we, we've come full circle, but I feel like there's still so much of the article we, we didn't talk to, about. We have yeah. to have her back. Okay, maybe it, you it come back, Laura, bit, and we'll talk more about your article, but we can also do like 10 minutes on only ghost stories. Oh my goodness. Can we do it? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I could share a ghost story too. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, your a alien little tease, one? a little tease. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Laura, before we, we close out today, is there anything else you want to touch on? I know, like I said, there's a lot here and we didn't get through it all, but. I think honestly, it's just, I would like for attorneys to be more open-minded. It's, we are just really taught, here's the only way you can do it. And granted, I went to law school 20 years ago, but I am a mentor to law school students um, that are incoming classes and things like that. I, I, I regularly do that with my alma mater. And it, I feel like they're still taught the same kind yeah. of thing. And it's... Or not taught the same type or of not thing. Taught, yeah. yeah. Or, or still not taught how to practice law or anything. You know, it's, um, it's hard. And so I just want to encourage people to be open-minded and not be forced, you know, try to butt up against whatever obstacle that you have in your way, whether that's your boss, whether that's you know, the court system, I know that's difficult because, you know, we still have judges that uh, have a problem with, yeah, (laughs) but we, and we still have judges here in Arkansas, even though we've been a law firm here for um, like seven years almost at this point, Mm -hmm. we still have some judges that are like, what virtual lawyer, what? And it's just, (laughs) you see my name on documents all the time. (laughs) I am licensed. Come on now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just want to encourage people to you know, try to think outside the box or at least push a little bit of a boundary, a comfort zone, whatever it might be, because the benefits for you are, I've never had more satisfied clients. In seven years, we've never had an outstanding bill from a client. We've collected 100% of our fees for seven years straight. That's unheard of. Yeah, because we're transparent. We are... Like, do you want a job at Lexicon? We could... (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things that I think People just think, oh, when my partner first started the law firm, uh, and I didn't know her back then, she was a 
married mom of three and her husband was in the military and friends and family would make jokes and be like, Hey, is, you know, how's, how's that hobby going? Because oh, this oh virtual practice well, that she started me was now. so... Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. would bother me, that be, comment. Yeah. I, that would it bother did, me. It bothered her. And it's, you know, and it should have bothered her because yeah. it's dismissive of right. the yeah. fact something that she was innovative. Built. And yeah. she's, you know, she's pushing the boundary and she's trying to create something new. And, you know, our clients respond really well. And they're very grateful for the fact that they don't have to spend quite as much money on their attorney because we don't have the same overhead as a traditional practice. So we can charge a little bit less and still make the same kind of profit. And, you know, that's really great. And so it's a viable option out there. And there's such a huge underserved market of clients that cannot afford traditional practice Mm -hmm. for their representation, but they really need some help. And so even if you're, you know, thinking about this might be something I want to do, think about like a partial side of virtual representation. Yeah. So Baby for example, steps. we do, yeah, we do estate planning and I do divorces. Well, maybe the divorces don't work for you in a virtual environment and that's fine, but maybe you can switch your transactional type work over to a more virtual environment where you don't need to have those kinds of in-person mm, conversations. Mm-hmm. You don't go to court, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Makes sense. I would just like to encourage people to kind of think about it and not dismiss it out of hand because we are going to, um, you know, shut ourselves out at some point, lawyers who refuse to change because places like Utah and and other states are already enacting rules that allow for non-licensed attorneys to help with uh, document preparation and things Mm -hmm. like that. Or the the non-lawyer ownership. And, you know, you get into that, that world, then you have all these people with strong business backgrounds that are you know, just growing for, you know, so there's a lot of competition in the, in the pipeline. And I think at the end of the day too, Laura, like you said, there's going to be lawyers out there who are maybe more traditional and they don't agree with the advice that you're giving today, but let's break it down. How many of them can also say that their collection rate is 100%. So maybe you don't agree with some of this, this direction and world where the world is going. But I mean, someone took this awesome leap, has this innovative law firm and I have a hundred percent collection yes. rate. So, wow. you know, there's something, something to be said there, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, yes, there are going to people be people that don't agree with changing things and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can, you have your niche. You still have clients that are going to want to hire you the same way that you always have wanted to work. There are just so many more clients out there that could experience and, you know, benefit from and be grateful for a different kind of exactly. representation. And so if you don't like this, more power to you. I'm not going to try to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong because there's room for everybody. That's the thing that I think people don't understand when there's, you know, it's a very competitive world, this, you know, this lawyer thing that we do. (laughs) And there's, there are enough clients for everyone. There's so, there's so many people and everybody's going to need an attorney at some point in their life, more than likely. There's untapped market out there for you as an attorney. And like you said, Laura, you'll you'll be fine. You'll still have clients regardless if you don't change your ways, but you, you could be doing a lot more too right. if, you, if you consider some changes, even baby steps, so. Baby steps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you, Laura. It was a pleasure having you. I'm going to go ahead and um, speak for Randy and invite you back sometime. I like it. Yeah, okay. I would love to come back. <laughs> Perfect. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor, and we'll talk to you next time. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. 
Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.